This episode of Super Boothers is brought to you by Photo Booth Startup, giving you the ultimate photo booth at an affordable price. Specializing in ring light booths, whether you're just starting out or adding some to your fleet, Photo Booth Startup can help. Visit their website at photoboothstartup.com. Hello and welcome to Super Boothers. My name is Ryan. And I'm Ismail. I just did a fabulous event. No, I'm kidding. I wouldn't be surprised. I really feel that's how I start every episode lately. <laughs> you do do a lot of fabulous events. It's true. You know, I'm actually working on booking a big one right now. And it's in San Francisco again. But I, ho- I mean, hopefully it goes through. Positive vibes being sent your way. I'm sure it'll go fine. Yeah, I'm sure it will too. I mean, it's it's kind of amazing whenever like so I really focus on making my current clients happy and booking more from them rather than going out to like seek new ones. And I've truthfully I have noticed like a big decline in new clients for me. But that's okay. It is okay because I am focusing on the current clients that I have and just meeting their needs. Um, I've been fortunate enough to where these are huge, gigantic corporations that do stuff like once a week. I mean, so that's kind of nice. And I think as long as it's a diversified group, it's not like one company. Oh no. That may, yeah. And, and you're okay with the revenue that's coming in. That may be the better way to go. Well, you know, this is fine. I'm going to focus on these guys, do more of their events at higher costs and I'd be fine. You know, I will say that it's like five, major no that's a lie probably about 10 major clients that i have um like in groups of two and threes they're somehow related so for example this san francisco one one of my clients is doing is like a major sponsor one of my other clients is doing stuff in conjunction with this particular conference so like i'm getting multiple things per large event (laughs) it's crazy it's never happened before my entire life so even though your new clients are decreasing, you're probably making a lot more money and a lot more events from these existing clients. Yeah, I, I did the math, and I'm booking less events but more money per event. That's the dream right there. Yeah, I mean I've been going to doing like I, – I think I've been doing like 30 or 40 events a month, and now I think it's decreased to like, I don't know, 18 or 20, but the revenue has increased. I mean so I guess that's – I mean, that I don't know if that was my goal, but that's where you want to be, right? You're doing less work yeah. and making more money. It's working for me. Well, I don't know about that. I'm doing more work, but it's just gigantic fish. Mm-hmm. Whales, if you will. But anyways, so I was helping one of my friends who is just getting started with their business. And it's a little difficult for me to kind of like think about, well, what did I do when I didn't make money? <laughs> I know that sounds you know that, huh that's actually that's actually a real thing there's something called the curse of knowledge yeah right? so once you learn something or once you do something it's really hard to think back to what it was like when you didn't know that or imagine someone who doesn't know how to make money and explain it to them in a way they'd understand that's actually a real thing so it's a, it's a thing yes yeah, the curse of knowledge you have the curse of knowledge the curse of wealth the curse of happiness <laughs> everything <laughs> whatever it's <laughs> you're reading way too much into my instagram um no so i will say this 
she has told me how like she's like all of my efforts really aren't working like what am i doing wrong here so i was tasked with going in there and figuring out why your marketing isn't working oh i love that so i have developed painstakingly the five reasons why your marketing isn't working it's only five <laughs> well for the, the I five mean, main ones. again five it's, main one. it's it's an oversimplification of this mm-hmm. And for those, yes, I know I'm pronouncing it wrong. I got letters. Uh, (laughs) Before you dive into that, is this person receptive to this type of feedback? Because a lot of people say, hey, come in here, check this out. Let me know what you think. And they don't really listen to the feedback and guidance you give them. You know, I think I've always had this ability to get people to listen to me. (laughs) Um, And I think it's because I have a harsher style. Um, I will go into someone and yell at them and say like, why are you making such a stupid mistake? Um, It's probably not the nicest way. You're stupid. You're stupid. You're you're stupid. (laughs) It's like Gordon Ramsay. Why did the chicken cross the road? Why? Because he didn't cook it. Ooh, beep that out, man. You got to beep that out. No Gordon Ramsay jokes. (laughs) Or he puts a piece of bread what are you, an idiot sandwich? <laughs> that one I know of. That's a famous meme. So that's the thing is you have to like identify what the problem is. And it's kind of always been easy for me to like kind of pinpoint it. Okay. So let's get into it. This is the point where you enter in your credit card. Entered. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. So first of all is you don't have a target audience. That is problem number one. Having a target audience is where you're directing your like marketing firepower. So this goes back to kind of something we've talked about way early in the show, where you where you kind of define your customer avatar, right? You have to know Episode one. Justin Jowett. Episode one. That is It all goes back. Really like (laughs) Yeah, full circle moment. That's what Oprah calls it. So the way how to fix it is you have to define your target audience, figure out who you're going after, figure out who, what they do, what they wear, who they are, where do they work, how much money do they make, what blogs do they read, what communities do they belong to, where, who that person is. So what about ambitious people listening and they're like, I want anyone that will give me money. You don't have enough money for that. You just don't. That is the thing is... With photo booths, we are very lucky to where there is a very specific person that purchases photo booths. They are generally female. They are generally in between the ages of, you know, 28 and 45. You know, they generally um, make a decent amount of money. I mean, th- that is the type of person that you're going for. So what? how specific would you suggest getting? Because some people... They only do weddings. Some people don't really narrow down the type of event. They do different types of events. How specific would you say to get with that target market? Because then you can target to people who are engaged, well, right? But what if that's not, that's not yeah, what you absolutely. do? You can do any kind of social event. I would, I would start at one spot and grow from there. I really would. Um, if you are – if you enjoy doing weddings, if you think weddings is, you know, provides you a decent amount of money, you know, go and have your avatar be, you know, a female, someone that is engaged, go to, you know, ha- make sure they like 
um, you know, things like the knot or wedding wire or specific wedding venues uh, in your city, those things are ways to have a target audience. Yeah, I think this is something people would probably gloss over because they think I just want to get events booked. But when you are shooting such a broad stroke, it's hard to get events booked, right? You want to be known for something, whatever that thing may be. And don't just gloss over this point. Another thing is you don't plan out what your marketing is. And marketing is a gigantic thing. So marketing consists of, you know, your website. That is kind of the main factor. That's where you want everything to go. All the information that you put out there, that's where ultimately everything should point to. And what I mean by that is making sure that, you know, if you have, you know, your Facebook, you know, make sure that links to your website. If you have an Instagram, make sure that that points to your website. If you're doing search engine marketing like Google AdWords or Facebook or all that stuff, make sure that that goes back to your website. If you are you know, doing, um, any, you know, banner ads for a wedding venue, or if you have a directory listing, you know, as a preferred vendor list, all that stuff, make sure all that stuff is pointing to the website. If you're doing email marketing website, that's literally everything where everything should be directed to go. I would say marketing is such a big thing. It's massive. It's more than just that, right? You're always marketing. You're marketing at the event with your product. You're marketing with your attendance and how they interact with people. You're marketing with the photo strips you print out, the animated GIFs you're creating. All of that stuff is marketing, all of it. So what I will say is that all of your marketing should have a a purpose. There should be a reason why you're doing something. That's, That's another thing is, you know, we even on this show do it. If you are, we talk about our costing sheet, you know, we offer a free costing sheet. All we want is your email in exchange for that information. That is what that goal is intended for us. That way we have the ability to contact you and say, Hey, listen, here's all the cool stuff that we're coming out after the fact. So the same thing should apply to you. One of my friends came up to me and she was saying that she has, um, she gets like the Twitter recap emails like once a week where it says like, oh, blah, 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 like this post or, you know, this photo got this many likes. And she follows um, an, uh, co- a competitor essentially. And she goes, why is this person putting out this crap work and getting so many likes? I said, first of all, the only way that someone knows that you're doing this work is you post it. You could do the best wedding. If no one knows about it, it doesn't matter. And I really mean this. If you do an amazing wedding and, you know, you're close with, you know, the photographer, you're close with the planner, whomever, and if you get a hold of those photos, I would be submitting those things to magazines left and flipping right. I think that that is a great point. People, people are always hesitant to put their stuff out there for a variety of reasons, but like you said, no one knows what you're capable of doing or what you've done if you don't put it out there. So you should be talking about what you do. And that's a very generic statement. Like even for yourself personally, when you're at events or you're hanging out with people, don't be shy. Tell them what you do. That'll lead to more opportunities. Yeah. And that's another thing is I think that we all need to kind of go through the customer journey of how someone is finding us. So for example, and this is something that I talk about whenever we do a live event is dead links. So for example, if you are, you know, let's say, actually I have an example. I just got published in, uh, in a magazine and 
I went to the digital version of it and I made sure that what link it was going to and can someone contact me through that link? Is it easy for someone to contact me through that link? If it takes me to you know, a specific opt-in form, does that opt-in form work? Do I still get that notification? Because there are times where we will set up stuff, especially if we do our own stuff, you know, we'll set up our websites and there are times where it's like, ooh, I forgot I did that like three years ago. I offered a stupid discount forever ago and someone by the magic of the internet found it. And so, I mean, I still honored it and, you know, it's whatever to me because I have the ability to, you know, accommodate it. But for the most part, someone may not. So what I do is I always make sure that if, you know, you see something pop up, just make sure that, you know, the customer can still contact you if they, you know, go through those links or whatever. I think that's also an interesting point where you should be going through the customer's perspective, their process, their journey, because as you improve your business, as you improve your site over time, you're updating, you're editing, you're changing things. There are those leftover things that fall through the cracks where it may affect their journey. So if you're not regularly, I think I do this about at least once a year, I book myself, right? Go book yourself. That's the advice I'd give people and do it regularly. So that <laughs> Go book yourself. Don't be put out. <laughs> you can say that safely, see? But that's, that's a helpful exercise so that you're making sure that the customer journey is always optimized. So the third thing for those that are counting is you can plan all the hell you want, but you don't take action. And this is where most people fall flat on is, you know, I, I, I am guilty of this. I'm absolutely guilty of this. My friend um, who is a florist, mm-hmm. we do easy there. Uh, we do, um, <laughs> and I know exactly what you're talking about, but whatever. Um, <laughs> um, no, but this is the thing is she made a comment on, you know, how often we redo the magazines, um, the magazine ads. So those, granted, she has a much larger marketing budget. So we go through these things once a year and we have like, generally we kind of do it twice a year. We do it a at the beginning of the year, whenever we have so much downtime. And then we also live in Texas. It's hot in June and July. There's not a lot of events actually happening, but there's a big booking influx during that time period. Um, so we'll go through these things twice a year. One of the concepts that we had, she's a florist. Again, we're in Texas. We had this idea of doing like this, beautiful photo of like a horse we'll do like a chocolate color and then do like a floral wreath like the kentucky derby kind of thing except have it be a little bit more you know editorial and have just this photo be a little bit more thought out and not specifically say hey this girl's getting married like we need to sell floral and sell the feeling of wedding floral without saying like, Hey, here's a bridal bouquet book me or Hey, here's a wedding table book me. We wanted to go something a little bit further than that. I was gonna say, how does that tie into planning with no action? Well, this photo has yet to be taken. Ah, okay. So I'm saying that we came out with this amazing idea. We talked to uh, a person that owns a ranch that has access to the horses. We got permission to get those photos taken. We just haven't done it yet. So that is the thing is we can all have the greatest intentions. It doesn't count if you don't do it. I think that that kind of of ties into what you said before where – 
you can do the greatest work. If you're not putting it out there, no one knows about it. Yeah. It's also true. If you don't go through with it, no one knows about it. You sure. have to actually do it. Right. You know, there is no such thing as, you know, a perfect plan. I always kind of say that whenever we do this, it's kind of an outline. So for example, if, you know, we go out and this, my best work has happened completely haphazard and by accident. You know, whenever I did decor, I would, there was one wedding that I sold. I wanted to sell her an oversized chandelier. And I mean, oversized, like 15 feet by 15 feet, like that kind of thing. And I sketched it out. She at the two weeks before the event, she says, I want to go ahead and do it. Let's do it. Whenever I order the crystals, they came in the wrong dimensions. And this happened, you know, two days before the event. So here I am scrambling, thinking I have no clue what to do. And I ended up doing like these huge 15 foot columns made entirely out of crystals. We did four of them, published that thing. I must've rented those things out for two grand a pop. I did that for a year. Then people started making them. It was hysterical because I was like, do you know why you're making them like this is because it was an ordering mistake. It's just, it's, it's you insane know, to me how like something can become so such of a trend and people not know the origins of why it turned out that way. This was a gigantic accident. I think like most of the best things come out of those situations because if you don't have those accidents that force you to do something different, most of the time you just kind of do what you've been doing before. You do what other people are doing. You kind of stay in that bubble. When you have no choice but to resolve that situation, make it up. that's when the real magic stuff comes out. I think it was Einstein that said, you can never solve a problem on the level of which it was created. That's deep. And that's, that's just, that's truthfully what I had that quote on my, my space. Like, <laughs> like that's how long I've had that quote, like up my sleeve. It wasn't on your aim away message. <laughs> it was on my typewriter. <laughs> no so that's the thing is we can plan and plan and plan and plan it's kind of like having a child you're never ready for a child it just kind of happens there's also these this famous study where they basically prove by talking about something that you're going to do to your friends to your colleagues whatever you actually get some pleasure out of talking about it and because you feel that satisfaction there's a less likelihood of you actually going through with it, right? So the advice this guy basically came up with is don't talk about the things that you're pursuing or you're trying to do until you actually do them because you may, yeah. you may deter yourself from doing it because you're like, hey, I told everybody about it. I already got some satisfaction and I'm done. So don't really plan. Don't talk. Do it. You know, I always say just, you know, make something up as an outline, so just say, you know, we're going to do this on this date and just do it. And that actually happened with Superboothers. Whenever we were in New York and we did our first event, I was like, we need a photo op. We need content. We need all this stuff. We rented a studio. We had no clue what was going to happen. We had an outline and we're just like, let's just crank out whatever we can crank out. And then whatever we made out with at the end, that was just what we ended up with. That's actually a good lesson too. Sometimes you just got to go through with it because there's – there's a few episodes that we record and I'm like, you know what? I don't know if that came out that great. I don't know if that was a good episode. It's not, that's not the best. But when I listened to it afterwards, I was like, yeah, that was a great episode. That's one of the best episodes we ever did. That's also the magic of editing. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. But the point is you don't know until you go through with the whole thing. So 
just keep going and go through with it. For sure. So the way how to remedy this is to take the time and to set aside time. Hey, I'm going to do this marketing activity for X amount of time. I don't care if there's kids. I don't care if there's a dog. I don't care if, you know, there's, you know, leaf blowers going out front and you can't work, whatever the case is, find a time every week and put it on the calendar. If you need to find an accountability buddy, whatever makes it work for you. Just make sure that you need an accountability buddy, get in our Facebook group. I'm sure you can find someone for sure. So do whatever it is you need to do to dedicate the time to take action rather than just making to do lists on my wall. Actually, this is really cute. And if, if y'all are nice, I'll post it. Um, but what I do is I have essentially like a large roll of butcher paper that I got from Ikea. That's just a long roll. And I write whatever my ongoing to-do list is on the wall. It's right in front of my desk and I can clearly see everything that I need to get done. I have always needed something just to have, I, I can't do a digital calendar. I do everything digital except for my calendar, like my personal calendar. My personal calendar is always handwritten. Like there's just something very cathartic about like writing something down on a calendar and scratching it off the to-do list. See, I'm different. I actually prefer digital. Oh, I've tried all sorts of stuff. The notebooks, I tried all that stuff. I, I like the digital I couldn't, calendar. I couldn't. But anyways, so that's the thing is, Plan it, but also take action and set the time to take action. And back to the, that study that I was mentioning, you also don't want to call in the, get caught in the trap where you're planning too much. Like the example you were talking about with the photo, sometimes when you plan things that to that level of detail, you, you feel like you accomplished it without actually accomplishing it. Yeah. And again, that deters you from actually doing it. So you don't want to plan every possible nuance. Like you said, you plan the generalities. We're booking the studio for this day. We're going to go talk about these topics. And the, you operate within those margins. You don't have to plan out every little detail minutia. Yeah. And that's another thing. You're always going to make mistakes. I mean, I I don't think that we should have rented a studio for our first thing as Super Boothers. Um, or a photo studio, rather. In retrospect, I probably would have done you know, a recording studio. But you know what? You live, you learn, you spend some money. It's all right. Like, you know, you just keep on going and just use it as a learning experience. Yeah, there's actually, you just reminded me of a, there's this famous story about the military where I forgot the exact problem, but there was a massive problem where they didn't know what action to take. And they spent years studying, analyzing, debating, investing money to try to decide what is the better option. And they still didn't know the, the best option. So this new general came in and on the first day he picked one and they're like, what are you doing, man? We, we still have to figure out the best option. We have to do all this analysis. He's like, Nope, we're doing option a. And they did option a, the, the, the thing that he said as to why he did that is you guys analyzed this for years. You didn't get anywhere. I'd rather do one. And if it doesn't work, I'll pivot and do the other one and save all that time. For wasted. sure. I think that's kind of going to what you just said, right? Go for it. If you fail, if you spend some money, it's okay. You learn, you pivot, you adjust for next time. Yeah, I think that, you know, I again, I've made a lot of mistakes and I've spent a lot of money doing it, but I really don't really regret any of it. I mean, yeah, I'm sure I would have done things a little bit differently to, you know, make the money that I spend a little bit more valuable, but, you know, that's just how you learn. But anyways, so the next, the next thing that we have is to be consistent. 
Um, you are going to get results from being consistent no matter what you're doing, even if you're doing it incorrectly. Say that again. Even if you do it incorrectly, you threw me, you threw me for a loop there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So like, that's the thing is you're going to get, re- let me take this. Let, let's just take weight loss, for example. So for example, you're trying to lose some weight. If you are eating, so let's just say you're eating 1500 calories a day and you're burning 2000 calories a day, you're operating under a 500 calorie deficit. You're going to lose weight no matter what diet you're on. That fact is not going to change because you're consuming less than you're expending. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think what you're saying is that the consistency is so important that even if you're not doing it 100% right or accurate, you're still going to get results. Like you're, you're yes, basically, and you're still going to get further. Yeah, you're you're falling in the right direction. You may not be doing it exactly in the ideal manner, but just by doing it consistently, you're getting closer to your goal. You know, I, I went through a phase last year where I made it a goal to build my Instagram. That's what I wanted to do personally. I wanted to try and get as many organic followers as possible. It, let me tell you, it is a job on its own. So, but that's the thing is you have to consistently post, you have to consistently monitor it's also social, so you still have to engage with people. I mean, it's a full-time job. So it's a little difficult for a solopreneur to handle your booking, handle your ordering, handle servicing your events, handle your social media, handle your accounting. It's a lot. I'm not saying that it's not. I'm just saying that there are certain things that you can pick that is right for you to where you can do all those other things. Again, you're just focusing your firepower on one thing. So for example – Let's say you want to focus on Google AdWords. You can focus on Google AdWords for like 30 days. Actually, it really doesn't even have to be that much. You can really focus it on it for like two weeks. Put all your firepower towards that. Revisit once a month just to review your numbers. And then you have time to focus on something like your Instagram. I think that photo booth people should pretty much be on Instagram. Instagram is a way that I've been able to, you know, capture additional revenue, more events, I think that we're a visual industry. I just think that Instagram is the perfect platform for us. Someone else could probably use Twitter to their advantage. I wouldn't know how to do that. Instagram just works for me. So what I'm saying is by being consistent enough, you you, you just can't do something once and you know post something on Instagram. Oh, yeah, I'm finished. I'm done now. doesn't work like that. As frequently as possible and while at the same time maintaining quality. Yeah, I like this point of being consistent because even if you're, let's say you're you're doing outreach manually and reaching out to potential clients, right? And you have a horrible conversion rate of one out of a hundred people you speak to books a gig. If you keep going, even though that's not an ideal conversion rate, you're still going to get one out of a hundred, and you can work on improving that over time. But you have to be consistent. You can't improve something that you're not doing consistently. So. Don't worry about things being perfect. As long as you're doing it consistently, over time, you can modify, you can pivot, you can tweak, and you can improve those those performance numbers. And a lot can be done with automation now. Um, so if you have a CRM or uh, an email marketing service, I offer, uh, and I'll put the link in the show notes, um, seven emails I use to follow up with clients. So it is essentially scripts on the seven emails that you send out after a client asks 
for, for information from you. It is a way to start being consistent with your following up with your, with your customers and your clientele. So what I'm suggesting here is take whatever, take like a big timeline and take all the main points that you would consider to be, you know, marketing, whatever marketing means to you. So one thing could be Instagram. One thing could be email. One thing could be Google AdWords. Take these in chunks and focus all your firepower and focus on whatever topic it is that you need to focus on and do that thoroughly, then move on to the next. Because it's hard to just do one post on Instagram and then do one thing on Google AdWords and then do one thing on Facebook and then send out an email to 15 clients. You can't do it all on your own. You just can't. I think the other interesting thing is that, you know, before you came up with those email scripts that that, that you can now automate, you had to go through, I assume, I didn't ask you this, but you had to go through a lot of conversations with people via email over and over again consistently to come up with the ones that work the best. So For sure. once, once you're at that point, then you can, you know, automate it because you know it works, but you have to go through that process of being consistent and pivoting and editing to get to the thing that works and then you can just automate it. So lastly is you're not paying attention to your analytics. That's why your marketing is not working is because you don't know where your efforts are going and you don't know what people are doing with it. This is the good old, make sure you know your numbers. And if you have been listening to this show, we beat this dead horse till no end. If you still haven't made an effort to learn, His name is <laughs> you still haven't made an effort to learn your numbers I don't know what to do with you anymore. I think that is one of the most critical. <laughs> Just stop listening. Just take the car that you're driving right now, listening to this podcast, and fall oh, no. off a cliff. <laughs> I mean, no. there's there are several bridges. Run it onto oncoming traffic. I mean, you are going to be more productive <laughs> doing that. Getting us into legal <laughs> trouble here. I think you, you might want to be careful what you say. You're getting me into trouble. You know. No, I can't. It's the First Amendment. Ha! Can't touch me. So anyways, this is the thing is, if you have listened to, I don't know, any one of these episodes, you will know that paying attention to your analytics is the number one thing, is knowing your numbers. You cannot, if you are spending all your marketing money towards marketing to men, you know, 25 to 30, you're not going to get anywhere. You're just not. Women are the ones that buy photo booths. That's just... A fact. For sure. And I think, you know, we're working on, we've talked about this AdWords course a lot, and I'm actually tinkering with my campaigns a lot. And what I realized today is that for people who don't know their numbers, putting a system together like an AdWords campaign really forces you to get the numbers. So even if you don't know your numbers, the marketing system of AdWords tells you, hey, this is your cost per click. This is your conversion rate. This is your cost per lead. So if you don't want to go through the effort of creating something that gives you your numbers, go use a platform like AdWords, get our course. Just by doing that type of marketing, whether you want to or not, you're going to find out your numbers. You know, even if you have like, if you, if you, first of all, if you don't have a CRM system, I don't care if you only do one of in a month, you still need to have a CRM system because you need to set yourself up for the growth. It's kind of like if you do not have the employees to accommodate stuff whenever you're busy, getting busy happens quick. You don't have time to train someone to whatever. You need to train someone while you're slow. 
you know, you train someone that way, whenever it's busy, they pick up their stuff and go. You don't have to worry about, you know, oh, stop. Stopping during a crazy season is just insane to me. I, I will, I've done it before and it's stupid. It's a complete waste of time. Yeah, you definitely want to have the systems in place that'll allow you to grow. And I think I just thought of a funny story. This is a true story. Hold on, story music. I love story time music. It's a very quick story. I don't know if it justifies the music, but oh, Ryan so this one. Quick story music. <laughs> Ryan knows how much I love my coffee. I'm from New York. I drink coffee. coffee. He drinks coffee. And I went to Starbucks to get my cup of joe. And I was shocked. I thought they were they were kidding. They told me they ran out of coffee. How the I hell was they like, ran out of coffee? Are you kidding me? I look around and all the people are like, what is going on here? They ran out of the regular coffee. How do you do that? If you had a good system in place, Mr. Starbucks, you would never be in that position. Mm-hmm. I think it's the same thing for photo booth companies. You have to have a system that allows you to grow so that you're never caught with your pants down like Starbucks was. So you know what I did? I left the premises. I walked down the street and I went to good old Duncan. They never let me down. It's a great story. <laughs> it's a waste Thank of story you. time music. I told you, you, put, you jumped the gun. <laughs> I oversold you it. The gun I oversold it. So this is the thing. Just pay attention to your numbers. Just if you have a CRM system, if you even have QuickBooks, QuickBooks will tell you your profit and loss with two clicks, provided you put all your information in there. So what we are doing, what this is my, oh, there's Cooper again. Did you hear Cooper? I did hear Cooper. Oh, Cooper's, Cooper's excited. Cooper is so excited from what I'm about to tell you. So what we are doing, so what we are doing is we are giving out uh, a bonus planner, um, and this planner is to help you with content planning for the month. So it has everything that you'll need to really focus on your marketing for the month. We'll have goals. We'll have what you need to do for your blog. If you want to do an email, if you want to do social media, if you want to do it out by the week. All of it will be on here. It's available for free. Just go to superboothers.com and you can download it. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you're going to be in Houston on June 13th, I will be speaking at Ilea at Liberty Kitchen. Tickets are available at ileahouston.com. Thanks for joining us, guys. We'll see you next week.